Welcome back to Cerebravore. As always, I want to thank Ray Otis for the clip art and TJ Drennan for the wonderful music. I apologize for the two-month hiatus. We should I should have put something up. I'm Jason, of course, the Nerds RPG Variety Cast, and I should have put up something to let you guys know we were on hiatus. It wasn't necessarily a planned hiatus, just everybody's schedules were crazy, and it, we just never got anything together. We also had recorded some responses to listener calls and that recording is lost so yeah one of those kind of days but i am going to play the calls for you not a whole lot of comments on them because we just haven't got together to re-record that but at least you'll get to hear the feedback that we've gotten to the show and we are going to continue what's going to happen until we can get some more panel discussions put together is I'm going to replay episodes from other podcasts you may not have heard. And some of those will be the Universal Monster episodes that Rob over at Down the Heap podcast and myself recorded talking about the old Universal Monster movies. So I hope you enjoy those. The first of those will be up next week on Friday. We'll start again on that Friday release schedule. And yeah, so I'm just going to get into the feedback now. So we have all this feedback on today's episode is from Daniel, the Bandits Keep Media Empire. All his contact information is in the show notes. All the ways you can contact us are in the show notes. And so I'm going to turn it over to Daniel. Before I do turn it over to Daniel, actually, I'm, I should mention the episodes he's calling about, the collecting episode and recycling IP episode. And all those episodes he's calling about, there are links to them in the show notes. Actually, there's the episode numbers and what they are in the show notes, and then you'll be able to find them. They're all in our back catalog, but I just want to let you know, if you're not sure which episode he's calling about, look in the show notes, and it'll list all those episodes. Hey, guys. This is Daniel from Bandits Keep calling in about the Collector episode. Lots of fun stuff going on there. BGI also bought that uh, Superman death of thing, and I remember watching the value rise over the course of like a month and then plummet when they brought Superman back. <laughs> um, as far as buying two copies, occasionally if I do a Kickstarter where they give you like print on demand discounted, I'll reach out to the the person doing the Kickstarter and say, hey, you sent me this code. Do you mind if I buy two? Because it doesn't really hurt them to do that. And usually they're like, sure. So and sometimes in those cases, I'll get two because, you know, for the little bit more money. Um, but generally, I don't buy more than one of something. If I can avoid it, I will sometimes take my PDFs and do like a print either at home or through Lulu for what I call a table copy so I can write in it and tear it up. I do that with my OD&D stuff. But yeah, I think we all want to absorb all. I mean, a lot of people in RPG players and stuff want to absorb as many different games and systems as possible. So we're just like picking things up thinking we're going to use it. And next thing you know, we end up with a huge shelf. I know I have. And one thing that I've started doing is I take some of these smaller games that didn't cost me very much. And I take a few with me to every convention I go to. And I just hand them out to people who play in my games, you know, as giveaways, because I know I'm never going to play them. And why not share the love? They're not doing anything good on my shelf. Hey, it's Daniel again. 
Um, just I'm quite cut to the end, but I think Arlen makes some really good points about the idea that there's different parts of the hobby and they're kind of their own. Some of them can be their own thing and some have overlap and some don't. And I was thinking the exact same thing as he, him when he mentioned miniature painting. Like there's definitely people that just paint minis. There's definitely people that play war games, and just slop some paint on it and don't, or play with non-painted minis or have somebody else do it. And then there's people that are, they do both, right? And there, there are different types of parts of the same hobby, if you will. So I think that's really interesting. And I think role-playing games are the same. You can collect and read the games and even just learn from them or, or play them once or twice to get that pleasure out of it and not really, really play the games like we would consider when you're talking about playing versus collecting. So I, I do think there's two separate parts and obviously a balance is needed. Uh, I feel like I've reached the point where I almost have too much stuff that I'm not going to use because I went through a period where I was just trying so many games, but that without having gone through that period, I wouldn't be where I'm at. So I don't, you know, I don't regret it for any means. But on the idea of, and I know there's much time left here, but on the idea of just reading stuff, I'll send another message. Daniel, again, finishing that thought. When I first got back into playing and I first was playing 5e and I was running 5e, but then I kind of started dipping my toe into the older games and the nostalgia, if you will, I started buying up modules because I thought it would be, first of all, I thought I could get them from inspiration, maybe use them in games. But, and I, I did, I just enjoyed, it. I would sit down just like somebody might sit down and read a short story. I would just pick, to pick up one of these old n- modules and just read through it. And I got a lot of pleasure out of it. I actually, you know, I would imagine what it would play like. I could put the story together in my head. And it was really a different type, again, almost a hobby in and of itself, where you could just sit there and enjoy reading some of these books. So I definitely agree with that. I think that there's different parts to this. I personally, because I know you all talked about it, I've never got into the idea of buying something to sell it later, with one exception, which is probably a worthless thing. But I was sitting there one day and thinking, man, people, the BX books and the Backby books are going for a lot of money because so many people started with those books. And right now there's an explosion in fifth edition. So I went down the store and <laughs> it was like $9. I bought the D&D starter set, even though I already had one. And I, it's in shrink wrap and it's in a box. And hopefully in 50 years, it will be worth maybe, I don't know, $20. Who knows? <laughs> hey guys, Daniel from Bandits. Keep calling in about the recycling RPG settings episode. Just finishing that up now. Really great to hear you guys talk about that. I thought Arlen made a really interesting point about the licensing. And, and I think being no expert here, it seems like when a game is first launched, that's when they bring, or a book is first launched, like your player book, your main books you need. That's probably where they get a bulk of their income, any system, right? Then after a while, you have what they call the long tail, right? Where things are selling out. So creating extra books for the D20 or 2D20 Conan, maybe they're looking at it and saying, well, a setting book is going to sell 10% of what uh, a you know player's handbook type book is going to sell. So is that worth it to pay probably the same as they've been paying for the license as the thing is kind of petering out. And I think at that point, they have to make a choice, right? Either release a second edition, if that makes sense, to kind of push those players' handbooks again, or let the license go because in the long term, it's just not profitable enough for them. And I think that's what ends up happening with a lot of these these systems. I know that I was talking to Jason about the, a board game that I have based on The Walking Dead, and there's that, that company I don't have in front of me now, they seem to just crank through IPs. They make these board games, they do the big push, they keep it for a year or two, you know, sell basically to everybody who kind of wants it, right? And then they move on to the next one. And that seems to be a business strategy for some companies.
Now, the next three calls from Daniel are a little more controversial. There, we did an episode where I had Vic Dorso, who's the organizer of DaveCon over in Minneapolis, and I had MW from the World's MW Lewis podcast on. And these are AD&D first edition players who have been playing, you know, for many decades. And they talked about the way they run AD&D first edition. And some of the ways that, that they run it isn't exactly the way that Daniel or a lot of other people play. So Daniel kind of ca- pushes back a little bit, which is totally viable. So let's hear what Daniel has to say. Hey there, sorry, it's Daniel from Bandits Keep. Finally catching up on some old episodes, listening to the uh, lessons from the 80s. I'm, j- I'm kind of just getting into it, but, uh, you know, it's funny because they're talking about the idea that, like, people today love to share treasure too much and they want to make things all even. Well, I mean, we did that in the 80s. So I think maybe it has more to do with the groups you play with than it does the time frame that people play in or the <laughs> or the system. I-, I feel like a lot of times people try to put it on system or time, but it- we always shared everything equally among the groups. Why wouldn't you? You're a team. Nobody, the levels are not something you know. I mean, if you're playing on that meta level where it's like, hey, I'm a sixth level thief and you're only a third level thief. No, you're all part of the team. You're all taking equal risks and you should all get equal reward. That's how we played it. That's how we play it now. And honestly, they always do give the best magic weapon and such to the most powerful character, obviously, but not because, oh, we have to because they're high level. They do it because it makes the most sense. So I don't know. That's just how we played. It's how I play now. I just find it interesting that people love to put things on time frames or systems when really it's much more of a group dynamic than anything else. In any case, the alignment conversation was super interesting as well. Again, I'm not 100% sure uh, that I agree, but that's that's the uh, that's alignments, right? <laughs> alignments, nobody will ever agree on alignments. In fact, I just heard Tim Cask say today that paladins can be neutral. Oh, boy. Daniel again, calling in about the AD&D episode, uh, you know, I think it's really interesting. I, I love how you guys are enjoying these things that you do that, frankly, would never fly at my table. <laughs> so it's super interesting to hear different play styles. Uh, but I do have a couple comments. The uh, thieves robbing people in town, I think that's fine. But I think if you do it too early in the campaign or too much, that's basically how you get characters that won't interact with people and you build basically what they call murder hobos, right? And so far as the thief stealing from the party or taking their extra cut off the top, I don't buy that either. I mean, the thief might have opened that chest, but the fighters stood in the front line and killed the the monster that was guarding it while the thief was in the back, right? So everybody has their role in the party, and I think that if a player is breaking that trust, or the PC is breaking that trust because a player is doing that, to me, that would be the ultimate uh, betrayal. I look at an adventuring party as kind of like a... a a unit, a, a band of brothers, uh, like a like a military unit, and to to betray the person that has your back, that fights side by side with you, that's yeah, no, and again, but I also don't allow evil characters, so that's probably why I don't fall into that domain, because I, you know clearly as we go deeper into this, we see the vibe at your tables, and I can understand why you allow evil characters when you have that kind of world that you're running. Really interesting and fun. Just a quick note to say that I, I understand that this, I, I guess, I'm, I'm assuming that this thief robbing from the people in town or the party thief stealing and that kind of stuff, that backstabby PvP evil players in the character probably aren't in every campaign and every single session that you're talking about. You're just highlighting some of the fun war stories. So I do get that. Uh, I'm just saying that it's not something I enjoy personally. 
So I don't really ever allow it when I'm a DM because, yeah, because I don't like it as a player. Okay, our final call from Daniel is reference to the last episode that I put out on the show before we had the hiatus where I was doing a Choose Your Own Adventure book, Metal Heroes and the Fate of Rock. And Daniel gave me some feedback on that book. So here we go. Hey, Jason. Daniel from Bandits Keep Calling In. Just listened to your Choose Your Own Adventure episode. Well, I mean, I personally would look around for the person that dropped the ticket because that's me. But based on the characterization of this character in this book, he seems to be a little bit of a, well, I don't want to use foul language, but kind of a dick. So I think uh, just pocket the ticket was my choice based on that character. You know, as I take the role of this uh, metal head, I guess, which I call it. I love this idea. It's actually funny. I was just uh, talking to my friend Nikki, and I was like, you know, Jason had said he was going to do these Choose Your Own Adventure books. It sounds really cool. He never got around to it, so I'm glad you're doing it now. Or maybe you did it before and I just missed it, but I think this is the first time you're doing it. <laughs> so it's very, very cool. Uh, I don't know I love this style of book, but I'll still listen along and see what happens. Uh, maybe you'll do a different kind of book next time. Daniel, I can appreciate that. I appreciate the call in. Daniel was anyone that did call in or give us feedback on that. So I'm going to change the book. I haven't decided what book I'm going to use, but that will also be something we do on Cerebravore. What I'll do, what we're going to do is a content episode one week and then the read, read along, choose your own adventure book where you guys will call in and tell me what choice to take the following week. And, and so, you know, they'll be bi-weekly. Until we get around and do some more panels, I'll be playing the Universal Monster series with Rob and myself on the one week and then the Choose Your Own Adventure book on the other weeks. As far as what book I'm going to do, I haven't quite decided. It will be fantasy, though, since that seems to be what people want, and it will start next week. Okay, folks, that's all I have for you today. Just want to let you know we're still here. Thank you for tuning in or watching on YouTube, which however you're absorbing this podcast and please all the ways to contact us from the show notes give us some feedback let us know what you're looking for and until then be excellent to each other Let's see it, 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 let's see it